David Butler Studio Podcast. We'd like to begin today by acknowledging the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, the traditional custodians of the land on which we're recording. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. Sovereignty was never ceded. It always was and always will be Aboriginal land. He. Him. Rock and roll. And we're live. Welcome to the Hear Him Podcast. Welcome. Some might have said that we weren't going to make it. (laughs) After much tribulation. Half an hour of aggregate devices not aggregating. Yeah, and half an hour after aggregate devices not aggregating, after losing the audio for this entire episode. Correct. And this is our second go. So... (laughs) So annoying. <laughs> um, cheers. Yes, cheers. <laughs> Happy Tuesday. We record on Tuesdays. We do. <laughs> uh, yes, so for the benefit of the listeners, the story is we actually recorded this episode, what, two months ago, probably, by yeah, now? Yeah, that now. Yeah. Um, and so we were, before we started, so... We're we're recording this now tonight, just after our first episode has gone live. Huzzah! Um, it's out there. Yes, and, and so we've already had some really nice feedback. We have. It's been really good um, from an anonymous somebody <laughs> who wished to remain non anonymous. <laughs> they wished to remain anonymous. <laughs> um, a anonymous person. Yes. Sorry. Anyway, go on. You, you were saying. <laughs> So we had been banking episodes uh, before we actually started to release them. And we had, I think, probably, what, five or six episodes recorded. Yeah. Um, and one of them was the episode that we are now re-recording tonight. Yes. But the, the audio file was completely corrupted. It was a hot mess. It was <laughs> shocking. I, it, it kind of sounded like a bad remix of both individual mics, kind of sped up and compressed, but not in sync at all I, I played you that little excerpt of it but the whole two hours of raw audio were that yeah there was not any salvageable yeah anything from it it, it sounded like two testicles inside one man on a very fast roller coaster <laughs> <laughs> gross <laughs> I was trying to Think of a song or something that would kind of capture that, but I'm drawing a blank. Yeah. It sounded like Harvey Firestein on uppers and downers. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Yeah, it was a hot mess. It was unsalvageable, um, which is so unfortunate because my memory of that night was that we covered... As, as we often do, a great gamut of subject matter. Yeah. Um, and, and had some really wonderful discussions around our topic, which is sex positivity. Yeah. Um, it sounded like Scott Morrison's re-election campaign if it was an audiophile. <laughs> <laughs> a mad scramble. I don't know when this episode is going to get released, but right now as we're recording, right. Scott Morrison is running for re-election. So. I sincerely hope. That joke is relevant right now, okay? Even if it's not relevant 
when you're listening to this. Exactly. It is Tuesday the 12th of April. The election date has been called and the election is in full swing now. Albanese has already given Scott Morrison some fodder. (sighs) As he should. Yeah. As he should. Well, I mean, that's all Scotty knows how to do is market. So, <laughs> this is not a political podcast. No. Uh, tonight we are not sponsored. But should I say we are not sponsored? We by are not sponsored by some fucking wine that we're drinking. I don't. Let, let me get the bottle. <laughs> so you're you're finishing off the one that you brought. Yes. Let me project while I'm on the other side of the room. Is the Yarra Valley Pinot Noir. Yes, the Yarra Valley Pinot Neuer, uh, is, I believe, is the proper pronunciation. Pronunciation, please. Yes, uh, sorry, sorry, you're, right, you're quite right. Uh, <laughs> Pinot Neuer is the prepare uh, pronunciation uh, out of Brunswick. Out of good old Bruno. Oh, downtown sunny Brunny. <laughs> there we go. And I have moved on to a... Simply because I've already had two glasses of that yeah, peanut noyer. David's fucked off this wine. Uh, well, it was good. It was very good. Um, sponsor us. Uh, <laughs> uh, an Eleni Tempranillo from 2020. Victor- it doesn't taste like 2020. In fact, it's much more tasty than 2020 was. Mm. Well, 2020 was... Uh, she was the time. <laughs> Vomit in calendar form. <laughs> <laughs> As if the calendar just went Hi. Anyway. Anyway Sex Positivity Indeed is what we're here to discuss. What does sex positivity mean to you, Rob? Or what does it mean to be a because I think both of us I think it's fair to say that we would both identify as sex positive people or people who aspire to be sex positive. Certainly. Um, what does that mean to you? Well, broadly speaking... Yes, please. Uh, speaking of broads... Mm. Um, you can call me David. Oh, of course. Uh, sex positivity is a... Uh, I, I believe in response... It, it's a cultural shift in response to the fact that for... All of my life, at least. For generations, I believe, now. We have been sexually repressed as a society into believing that sex is something that is shameful not to be enjoyed particularly by specific uh, demographics in the community mm-hmm. um you know gay men certainly being one of them yeah. uh, queer people in general um women um you know sex for a very long time has not been something that women were meant to enjoy it was meant to be an act that was for in service of well, yeah in service of reproduction and you know of course you know that comes from the church and it comes from you know more conservative society yeah and so sex positivity is basically uh, uh, it's a it's a cultural shift about reclaiming sex as something that is natural and healthy and yeah. positive and enjoyable yes i mean so much of the way we are taught about sex uh, or the way that sex is for the most part publicly regarded is about procreative sex Mm. which represents such a small percentage of the sex being had the vast majority of sex being had is recreative it's recreational it is 
about connecting with another person or persons. It's about exploring one's own body. It's having fun. It's an enjoyable act, mm. not just to continue the line, not yeah. just to create more human beings, because there are enough. Yeah. Probably relevant, I, I suppose, in that, just in the same breath as that, to, to note that... <sighs> A windy fart. <laughs> <laughs> no one's going to get that joke. No, no. Last night on Fortnite, we were... <laughs> <laughs> Casual Fortnite reference. Exactly. Well, last night on Fortnite, we uh, were eating shit. We were just being absolutely slaughtered. Annihilated. And uh, analated. Mm, yes. Um, but I do feel that... Less it, enjoyable than being analated from what I hear. Wow. <laughs> um, but I, I do feel like... Because I was getting very frustrated in that round because we were just being hammered. Yeah. Um, and the person who eliminated us... I really feel like their name was a gift because yeah. it really lightened the mood. <laughs> we were eliminated by a player named A Windy Fart. Yeah, we, we got killed and the, the thing flashes up on your screen and it says you were eliminated by A Windy Fart. <laughs> <laughs> so, so if you're out there, A Windy Fart, listening to the He Him podcast. Thank you. Thanks for lightening the mood. <laughs> yeah, and for absolutely annihilating us. <laughs> Anyway. Anyway. <sighs> um, yes. Getting back to sex positivity. Bimby. I am specifically interested in hearing from you on this topic because because i'm so sexy because you're so sexy oh rexy you're so sexy it was just rex manning day by the way um this past week and for those of us that don't know and who I, rex manning is and i assume by the look you're giving me that you're one of those <laughs> <laughs> let's let's say for the sake of this interaction let's <laughs> Just pretend that I don't know who Rex Manning is. So there is a film, sort of a cult classic film from the mid-90s called Empire Records. Hmm. Uh, and uh, there is a character... Favorite. Yes. Hmm. There's a character in Empire Records called who is a rock star, like a sort of a pop rock star of that era who's a total sellout and a, a bit of a um, sleazy piece of trash. Huh. But trash. anyway... Yes. He... Um, he comes around to this specific record store called Empire Records to market his new album that's come out and you okay. know, hilarity ensues. Anyway, it's uh, because the the film takes place on that particular day, fans of the film have now declared that day to be Rex Manning Day. Um, and right. so it's April 8th, I believe. It's now the 12th, as we said, we're recording. Yeah. But April 8th, just a few days ago, was Rex Manning Day. So anyway... Right. And uh, I'm glad we didn't go off on a complete tangent there, but yes, getting <laughs> um, take it. Yes, so I'm specifically interested in hearing from you about this because you know, as a white cishet male, yep, it has been easier for me to be sex positive than just about every other demographic on the planet. Sure. So coming from your perspective, mm. that's interesting. It, yeah. yeah, it probably feels like uh, well. Uh, I don't want to put that... I don't want to put those you words in to, your mouth. Yeah. You don't want to put that in my mouth. I don't want to put that in your mouth. 
<laughs> Why stop now? <laughs> um, but it feels to me intrinsically like it would, like it would be, like it would have been more difficult for you to embrace sex positivity, and perhaps that's not the case. No, so. that is very much the case. I think be, both being gay and being raised religious. Yes, um, absolutely. Yeah, very that. much informs, or informed, I should say, past tense. Um, informed a very uh, shame-based relationship to sex. Yeah. In terms of my own sexuality, I've known... It's hard to... It's sometimes hard to delineate the difference between looking back there were signs and when I tangibly knew that I was gay. Mm. It could have been earlier, but I, at this point, associate that to... Looking back, there were signs. But the, a time that I remember tangibly knowing, oh, I'm gay. Yeah. Um, and at that time, because of religion, I didn't want to. I didn't want to be. I was 12. I knew that of myself. I knew that I was attracted to other guys. I, I knew that I was, that I wanted to be close to them and I wanted to be intimate with them. I didn't necessarily know at that age what sex sex would mean. Right. Um, but I knew I wanted to be close. I wanted to be intimate with guys and I knew I didn't feel that at that time with girls. And mm. a lot of my friends were girls. So one would argue that if I would feel... Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, <clears throat> knowing that being religious, not wanting to be gay, that led to a lot of shame uh, associated to what I felt drawn to. Mm. Yeah, it, it's a hard one to kind of construct a, I don't know, like a clear path through, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. Um, but even as an 18-year-old who moved away you know moved into state i moved here to melbourne to start studying um voice mm. i was incredibly naive i was incredibly juvenile and i think under under emotionally evolved and developed i like i i really don't i think in some aspects of my being i was already very mature i was very much an old soul as a lot of people would say mm. um there were parts of me that were very developed very capable yeah um I had been teaching for years and I was very comfortable and confident and, and able and, and able. I was able. <laughs> the, the intellectual side was, was there and mature and, and yes, the emotional side was not. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, and I think that's probably fair to say of most 18. Yeah. Years, really. Oh, ab absolutely. But w what I felt like I didn't have were any tools, any real basis, anything to kind of, learn by example from mm. or to kind of set me off on my way of exploring yeah like it, there was it was just open slather trial and error yeah you gotta figure this out yeah. um i remember getting my first um smartphone because when i moved to melbourne i didn't have a smartphone i had a just kind of like i think i was still on like a flip phone situation so i didn't have an iphone because i at that point couldn't afford one but when I making up for it now, I, right, dousing yourself in Apple products. Rich, fuck off, <laughs> fuck all the way. Yeah, a lot of good they've been tonight. 
fucking set up an aggregate device. It's like, bitch, what have I been doing for the last half an hour? That is literally... Like, that instruction video... We're going on a rant about... <laughs> I know, but it was telling me to do exactly what I had done. The only difference here was that I deleted the previous aggregate device and I created a new one exactly the same and it magically fucking worked. Ah! Well, for those of us who use Microsoft products, our magic fix is turn it off and turn it back on. So Good. <laughs> okay, if only that worked for countries. <laughs> uh, if only. Uh, yes. So, I got, yes. I got a smartphone. I downloaded Grindr, um, which is a, like a gay hookup dating app. Yeah, Tinder for, for, for gay people. Yeah. Sure. It predates Tinder, in fact. Is it, is it specifically for gay men? Yes. Okay. Specifically for gay men. Yeah. Um, so I got that and just sort of started chatting to, to, and, and meeting people. Mm. Um, not always for sex. Um, in fact, very rarely for sex initially, I was not confident or comfortable yeah. in my own skin at that stage. This is a very long winded story. I'm so sorry. No, for no, no, this is good. <laughs> <laughs> this is good shit. Yeah. Um, keep going. I'm almost there. <laughs> <laughs> I have to, oh, no, no, I have to. There, there is a video I have to show you that um, that reminds me of. Anyway, Pornhub. No, no. Oh, okay. Nope. Um, <laughs> but even through those experiences, there was so much shame involved that I had to navigate. I felt so bad, and I felt so dirty, and I felt gross and sinful. Even though, since moving. Away from Tasmania, I wasn't active within a church or, or, or a congregation or, or anything like that. Mm. This was my first time kind of stepping outside of it. And having, I think I've talked to you about this before, having that outsider's perspective of kind of getting outside of that bubble mm. that I had been in and just starting to see and then trying to reconcile what I was looking back at going, oh, that's gross. Yeah, That's really gross and controlling and just doesn't doesn't make logical sense to me mm. does that make sense yeah yeah um, i mean i i can imagine that it, particularly as an 18 year old like I, like i remember myself as an 18 year old sort of taking my you know first steps outside the nest yeah. as an adult and you know starting to go places on my own and do things on my own and the, the freedom that you you feel doing that but yeah. for yourself as an 18 year old moving interstate into a big city coming from a you know a relatively small town yeah you know and 165,000 people yeah um, at at that time I believe was Launceston's population like you could not walk down the street without seeing at least one or two people you knew like I I I come from a town of 2,000 people so yeah (laughs) yeah so you get it (laughs) yeah but like I tangibly I'm related to all the people in my town (laughs) I tangibly remember my first year in Melbourne how isolating it actually felt yeah initially because i was so used to seeing familiar faces Mm. that going weeks on end other than at uni but like going weeks on end without seeing any familiar face just on the street Mm. it felt so weird yeah um and i and i don't want to digress from the from uh, our topic too far but it was just it's it's interesting the things you kind of remember and cling on to yeah but it like it must have been though like there must have been some element of 
making that move and having known since you were about 12 you know i'm i'm gay this is what i feel there there must have been something of an of a sort of excitement of i'm yes. going to a place where i'm anonymous i don't know anyone no one knows me I'll i mean it's free to express myself i mean it certainly made it easier to purchase condoms and and lubricant because you know that church family don't own the pharmacy (laughs) (laughs) yes or or friends from church and school work at the supermarket so yes absolutely yeah but again every time i would engage in any activity whether it was sexual or whether it was just going on a date and kissing someone Mm. i would feel just such disgusting shame in myself like i can't recall a sexual experience up until about age 20 21 that i didn't feel actually i don't think it was really until until josh um and we met when we met in january 2012 Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't have been until him that I, I really don't think I had a sexual experience where I didn't feel shame after. I was just going to ask, what was the impetus for you to sort of come around and mm. and sort of... I think initially it's all those things that have been drilled into you in terms of... like, And it was kind of me, as I think so many people of faith do, they interpret... The, the religious teachings to kind of suit or justify their, their viewpoint. And I knew I wasn't going to be in a relationship with a woman. Mm. Um, at, the, at that point, I knew that of myself. And so I think because I was in a loving, monogamous, stable, even though it was new, relationship, mm. in my mind, I was like, this is less sinful. This is less shameful because... This is a person I'm in a relationship with. And does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So I think that was kind of the, where I really started making ground on that. That's not to say I didn't have great experiences, but they were always followed by a sense of shame. Yeah. Which is a real pity um, because I think that impeded my capacity to connect with a lot of people that I could have otherwise maintained wonderful friendships with. Mm. You know, like yeah. I, I I feel like I've deviated someone from no, that. No, no, no. It's kind of turned into a, a sordid tale of my sexual exploits. <laughs> well, no, I, I mean, I, I suppose the, the point of my question was coming from that background and feeling the way you felt, you know, like you have, you've traversed quite a lot of territory to get to a point where you can say I am a very that an I am an openly proud happy gay man and yes. a sex positive one very at much that. So. Yes. Um, um I I've even when it has made me uncomfortable I have always enjoyed challenging my own ideas. I have always as much as I don't like well, as a kid as much as I didn't like change mm-hmm. as much as there was something in me that always wanted to kind of keep pushing that envelope a little bit, I suppose. So like when I, again, when I moved here, I started listening to podcasts as a way of, um, I, I actually think I started listening to podcasts when I was in year 12 
as a way of helping me get to sleep, which I still to this day do. I listen to a podcast going to bed. Same. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I remember discovering, uh, like, finding that out about you. I was like, that's fucking crazy that you and I are so similar in yet another way. <laughs> um, but it was through podcasts. Um, specifically through Dan Savage's Savage Lovecast, which initially I found that so challenging. Mm. Listening to that, listening to callers articulating problems, articulating... In in a fairly explicit way on that podcast. Very explicit. Yeah. It made me uncomfortable. It it definitely put me in a place of judgment of a lot of those callers. Mm. But ultimately, that that being uncomfortable really opened my eyes to the reality of the world, the reality of other people's lived experiences, the reality of other people's sexual experiences and sexual desires, all of those things. It just, it expanded my capacity to consider and understand. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and while it was very challenging at first, and that's not to say that I don't still listen to it and sometimes be like, whoa, that's a bit much. Yeah. But I'm now at the point where that doesn't come from a place of judgment of that person. It very quickly goes from that's a bit much to why is that a bit much for me? Yes. Like, yeah. And now I get to unpick that. And if at the end of the day, I'm still like, that is definitely not for me. Yeah. I, I've managed to unpick it from a point of judging that person for being into it because it has nothing to do with me. They're yeah. not doing it to me or doing it with me. We don't yuck someone's yum. Absolutely. Unless it's... Um, we don't we, kink we shame. We don't kink shame unless it's your kink to kink shame. Exactly. In which case, everybody's getting fucked. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've lost my train of thought. Because I'm thinking about fucking everyone. No. <laughs> Let's all just get in a big pile. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've never had piles. Neither have I, thank God. Are p- piles are different to shingles, or are they the same as shingles? I don't know. <laughs> hey, we don't yuck I, people's yum. I don't want either. <laughs> Reminds me, I have to buy ricotta cheese. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um. Yeah, but I, I think I actively, even before I necessarily knew what being sex positive was, I think I wanted to be it. I wanted yeah. to be sex positive. Yeah, um, it was... It, it was it within me to want to understand, to want to either experience or comprehend without judgment the possibilities. Yeah, I think it was, the, I think it was very similar for me. It was sort of a... I mean, there, you know, you, you go through different phases um, as you're coming into adulthood. You have mm. different experiences. And, and for me, I think it was a part of the the maturation. For, you know, just coming of age, basically. Maturation. Yes. That's a great word. Thanks. Thanks. I today looked it up is, myself. The, the word of the day is maturation. Today's episode is brought to you by the word maturation. Maturation. <laughs> Not to be confused with masturbation. Masturbation, which we'll also get to. Yes. <laughs> Live on the podcast.
beautiful sounds. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I'm whale cum. You're whale cum. Um, yeah, so it's, I think it was a, I think it was sort of coming of age. It was, it was around the time I, I think I was around sort of like my mid thirties. So just a few years ago. Snice. You were saying. Yes. So I think it was, uh, it was probably around my mid thirties when, you know, I had been involved in an ethically non-monogamous relationship for a number of years, which had prompted me to challenge a lot of my preconceived ideas about sex and sexuality and what was appropriate and what wasn't and what was what was socially constructed and what felt more innate or primal or, you know, lots of these questions that I had been asking myself. And, uh, you know, Claire and I had obviously had a lot of long, deep conversations about this kind of long and deep. Thank you. <laughs> it was all a self-control. I managed, I managed to only smirk. I didn't even snicker. Um, but yeah, you know, we, we had talked about these things at length and um, we had talked about them at length and girth and depth. And, and yeah, it, it sort of, it started to occur to me, uh, you know, over the course of that time that this is not something that is this this is not something that I should be ashamed of and I, I I think if I backtrack if I backpedal to my my first my first serious girlfriend she was my first I was her first and there was one point and we knew at the time that if our parents caught us we'd be in a whole lot of trouble because mm-hmm. we were not supposed to be doing that because sure. sex was wrong for yeah. people our age for some reason, which yeah. we didn't really understand because when you're that age, it's all you want. Correct. Right? Yeah. Um, the chemicals are dictating that yes. I want this. Yeah, but we knew that we weren't supposed to and sure. it was wrong for whatever reason. Uh, and so at one point, I was over at my girlfriend's house. We were in her bedroom upstairs her aunt lived with her in the house. So mm-hmm. it, was, it was their family and her aunt lived there. We were in her room. I was going down on her. Mm-hmm. Her aunt opened the door, came into the bedroom, caught us in the middle of it. And she freaked the fuck out. Oh my God. She started hyperventilating. She was beside herself, Genesis. right? <laughs> I mean, I, at the time, I... I don't think I... I mean, I definitely didn't understand. Mm. I didn't have enough emotional or intellectual maturity to be able to really empathize with her in that situation. Sure. But I immediately wanted... Because I saw her in such distress, my response was to try and comfort her. And I was like, I want to give you a hug. And she fucking slapped me. And she was furious. And and I... (laughs) The whole point of that is that, you know, we were... (laughs) Wipe your mouth and then hug. Um, But, you know, the the whole point of that is that the perception of what we were doing was very, very wrong. Yeah. And and, and I specifically... And that that experience would reinforce that shame of being like, oh my God. 100%, yes. Gross. And I don't think I... Gross the feeling, I should clarify. Like, gross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's how you had to experience that. Yeah. And and I suppose the the point of 
telling that story was that at the time when I was growing up, when I was coming of age, my first sexual experiences were shameful because I knew I wasn't supposed to be doing them. And I, and I certainly don't mean to compare that to, you know, your story. No, no, no. All, um, all stories are valid. Yeah. You know, it, it, there isn't a competition or even a comparison because these are the these are the stories that shape us. Mm. And so um, when I started uh, having these, you know, these conversations with Claire and we started really getting into the minutiae of, you know, what did sex mean to us and what did monogamy mean to us and what did our relationship mean to us and all, you know, you start asking these big questions and you have a lot of internal monologue about it as well. Yeah. And um, it was around that time when we were discussing all of these things that I sort of really started to reflect on what sex meant to me in a broader context and I, and I just eventually gradually I came to the point where and I, and I, I don't want to say that this was all internal because I think a, a big part of it as well was there was a there's been a social push as well to, yes to um, destigmatize yeah. sex you know um, and so I think I was greatly assisted by the fact that socially we're becoming more open about these kinds of things but yeah there's you know, more just, open dialogue around it. There's more visibility. Much more. Of yeah. different kinds of sexual dynamics and different yes. kinds of relationships. And not in a, not in a, um, an exploitative way, but in, no. I think, a, in a healthier way. Absolutely. I, I think that's important to, to kind of note, as, as we were discussing over dinner, um, Josh was showing us his intended um, upcoming fashion line. Mm. And... We got on to discussing the marketing images of different fashion brands and mm. how some are overtly exploitative yeah. of women, exploitative of um, queer sexuality to sell. Yes. You yeah. know. Um, and, and I agree. I feel like... I feel like there is a really positive push away from that kind of exploitative narrative. It still exists. It's still there. It's still absolutely... That button is still being mashed. Mm. But there is more being contributed to that conversation now. It's not the, the only voice that's speaking. Yeah, and there's so much less of... Uh, well, I mean, at, at least I feel... I, I probably shouldn't say this too broadly because, uh, you know, again, I recognise that I'm... You know, my demographic, I have the easiest time with sexuality. But I suppose coming to terms with the fact that it, you know, even in the kind of relationship that I have, you know, which is something that certainly my, you know, my family wouldn't understand. Sure. Claire's family absolutely wouldn't understand. Like, it's, yeah. ne it's not a conversation we'll ever be able to have with them. Certainly. But, you know, like, eventually you sort of come to a point where you feel comfortable enough in your own skin, comfortable enough in your relationship, or I, I, should be, I shouldn't be speaking in second person, in the first person. Sure. But the, the point of it is, I reached a point where I went, I don't need to be ashamed of this anymore. And, yeah. and not, only, not only do I not need to be ashamed of it, but I want to be an active advocate for yes. the sexual exactly. health and positivity of yeah. other people. Absolutely. That, yeah. That's spot on. I, and I actually feel like our conversations through this podcast are an act of that for both of us in terms of just the visibility of being sex positive. Mm. The visibility of having the kinds of relationships that we do. Yeah, it it 
it all has an impact. It all has a... Like, I wish growing up I had have had more exposure to these kinds of conversations. Not, not to engage in sex, mm. but to know of its existence in all of its many diversities. Yeah. To, to not have shame and sin and yeah. certain death for all eternity tied to that key part of humanity. Mm. It is quite literally the reason we are all here. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, I well actually no. There's now test tube. Uh, th- there's a better word for that. There are. That's not strictly true. There are now. Um, Laboratory. Uh, what is the correct word? I don't word know, for that? but we can say test tube. Test tube babies. Yes. Yeah. It's, it, not... That that are able to be entirely conceived external to the human body yes if there are listeners out there who know a better term please help please us us. (laughs) because we don't mean that to be offensive absolutely not but uh, we are all products of or the about chicka wow wow yes exactly (laughs) or um or as the sims put it (laughs) woohoo we're all products of uh, oh yeah Um, yeah, we, we are all products of it. It is going on. It is, 99% of it is recreational rather than procreational. Um, and, the, you know, a smaller portion of that is rectilational. Oh, cringe. <laughs> God. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> You're glad you invited me. <laughs> Rectilational. <laughs> oh, it's just such a foul image of <sighs> just just a row of anuses. <laughs> I I think it's because I'm like uh, I don't know. I've particularly recently seen some really horrid ones. <laughs> oh god! Did I, I told you about? Um, yes, you did. That I was chatting to someone and then out of nowhere, completely unsolicited. They didn't check with me whether or not I wanted to trade pictures. They, and and you should say that it explicitly says in your profile. On my profile, I do not trade pictures. Yes. Please don't. There was a picture of this person's asshole spread, spread open for me to see. And she was not pretty. <laughs> I, I was talking to my nail, uh, my nail tech, Lily, about this. Do you ever think maybe you're just a little too anal about your preferences? Oh, stop. You're such an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and so was this guy, actually, <laughs> for the for a matter of fact. Um, it it looked like a quiche of flesh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? That's like... That's, that's quite an analysis. It, and, and, oh. <laughs> Jeez, fuck. <laughs> 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 I wanted to uh, circle back to um, we can circle jerk back yes I wanted to circle jerk back to do you have any crackers <laughs> yeah oh yeah. <laughs> oh it took you a minute to get yeah that. I was like yes the surprise you, on your face do you just want then. something on it <laughs> and then That's I realized the that 
then the penny dropped. <laughs> uh, I wanted to circle back to um, the comment you made a moment ago about how you wished you had had more exposure to positive information about yeah you know that's actually a better way to put it yes yeah because it is it is something that i is something that claire and i are actively trying to trying to do with our kids is to i mean obviously we're not exposing them to sex but we also don't shy away from the topic if it comes up yes we don't shy away from the fact that you know we are mom and dad we are married we are in love we are also sexual partners like, yes um you know we're trying to foster and it's difficult because this is not something that was done for us mm. so and it's it's also it's not something, territory a little bit it is yeah and it's also it doesn't feel like something that is even now sort of widely socially acceptable to yes. make sex okay for kids yeah. to understand i think so much of that conversation comes from people jumping to the extreme of like pedophilia and, yes yeah. which is not the same thing mm. at all the certainly not to, to have the like I, I was reading a thing just the other day on the argument that people have against not sexualizing children not um, pushing an agenda on children mm. to which will confuse them and it was exploring how the very nature of gendered language the very nature of heteronormativity is just so permeated through all society that yeah. that is already being exposed to children that is already being pushed upon them whether or not it resonates or will resonate down the line for them as they uh, develop and become sexual beings. It's interesting how Disney will show Prince Charming kissing Snow White Mm. asleep (laughs) in a glass cabinet. So let's like, like put a tab in the consent aspect of that. Like, hello. Yeah. Um, I mean, to be fair, I feel like there's a lot of positive conversation nowadays yes. around how that's not okay. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. But you're you're asking little boys, oh, have you got a girlfriend yet? Yeah. You're asking little girls, have you got a boyfriend yet? Mm. But any acknowledgement of the existence of same-sex attraction, or and I'm not conflating gender identity. Um, with sexuality, yeah. but any conversation around gender diversity—it's you're push, you know, you're, you're putting pushing an agenda upon children. You are uh, there, there's such a negative kickback on an agenda being pushed. Yeah, and it's ironic because that agenda is an agenda is being pushed on them irrespective yes you know a a heteronormative heterosexual agenda is being pushed on them no matter who they are all day every day because that is the reality of the world that we live in right now yeah and And so all it's all really anything other than that is doing is adding a voice to that conversation yeah and this is, uh, you know, I guess it, getting it's back to interesting. this, is, it's interesting and it's challenging because, yeah. you know, this is, this is also a part of what sort of formed the conversations that, you know, we've tried to have with the kids. Because, you know, even Benji has, you know, he's 10 
Uh, he's about to be 11 in a couple of months. I was going to months. say, as he keeps reminding us. Oh, yes. I'm nearly 11. Yeah. I'll be 11 this year. So. Um, okay, good. But, you know, he, he's, <laughs> he has straightforwardly asked us, you know, what if I'm gay? Or, yeah. you know, do you think I'm gay? That kind of thing, you know. Yeah. And first of all, I love that he felt comfortable asking us that. Yes. And this is exactly the kind of that's, thing that we want to foster. Absolutely. That, want... that speaks so highly of the environment that he is in that he can just ask the question. Yeah. He can put that out there and have discourse around it and it not being a shameful, what will this mean if I ask this question? Will they now think that, yeah. will they now wonder? Like, I remember asking a question rel- related to whether or not there were gay people in my family. Mm. I thought that question was outing me. I I thought by asking that question, everyone was going to know that I was gay. Mm. You know, like it's just such a a loaded topic. And him feeling, you know, Ben feeling comfortable to just put that question out there as he does, Mm. because he's great with his questions. Yeah. (laughs) um, No, I mean, legitimately, he's... He's extremely precocious, which is challenging. Of course, of, yeah. of course. And like that, that will come with time that he will understand context and, and time and place and, and all of that. But you only get there through trial and error. Yeah. You, you only... Uh, yeah. You, you, the error is crucial in the development. You, yeah. you can't get through it without it. But the, the fact that he can ask these questions and there is just no kickback in terms of judgment yeah there's no and in, in fact shame. quite the opposite it's yeah. it's 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 received and it's discussed and it's cause I, cause, it's welcomed yeah you know? like I, I i i love and you know i suppose a part of that is because i don't always welcome every question the kids ask me like you know sure. when benji wants to ask about video game stuff and so i i often will roll my eyes and go oh not again sure and so I suppose it, it sort of speaks to a not, I don't want to use the word bias, but it's, you know, I'm, I want to be active about making sure that the kids feel perfectly comfortable having yeah. those kind of conversations. And I think specifically, I mean, you know, having those kind of conversations with Benji because he's the older of the two, he's getting sure. there first, yeah. you know, that's important and I, and I want to welcome them, but I'm, I think I'm more concerned about Lena as she sort of comes to that age because you know sex for women is totally different experience it is yeah um and you know I I I want her to I want her to be her own agent you know I want her to come of age and feel like no consent is yours to take and give as you want that's right it's, it's not something that's pushed upon you nor should it ever be you know you Absolutely. need to feel comfortable in every circumstance yeah. and if you want to love a man you love a man and if you want to love a woman you love a woman and if you want to love anywhere in between you do that and sure. it doesn't have to be the same like if you say oh, i think i'm bisexual one day and i think i'm heterosexual the next day or whatever the case may be yeah. You do you. Yeah. You feel comfortable. Um, yeah. It, yeah. Her, her sexuality is her own. Yeah. I mean, I want both kids to feel that way. Yes, absolutely. Um, I, I understand the, well, the, the, the... I don't want to say it with resignation of that's the world that we live in. But one has to have a degree of 
acceptance of here is the world as it currently stands and yes. I hope it changes and I hope that we all contribute to the change of that. Yeah. But where we're at right now is that sexually the roles for cis men and cis women are totally different. Mm. The, the lived experience of their sexuality, regardless of their sexual orientation, mm. just them being sexual beings is a totally different experience. Yeah. That the two aren't even close. Yeah. In terms of the danger, in terms of the, yeah, the, just the capacity for damage. Mm. It, it, and I, I know as a, as, as a human being, let alone a father, you are so cognizant of that. Um, and I don't know how I would feel having a daughter. I hope one day to find that out. Mm. And I know just by proximity that I want to be there for Lena when she gets to that age that she can... I, I, I don't know how I would be helpful because I don't have that lived experience, but I would hope that I am one of many people in her life that she can have conversations with. You know what I'm, I mean? I am 100% certain sure. that you will be. And <clears throat> and I, I don't know if this is something I've ever said to you or Josh before, but you have already been extremely helpful because having you and and I've mentioned before when I was a child I had an uncle yeah. who was gay yeah. um, but it was it was my family was kind of ashamed of it it was very hush hush mm. it was you know don't really talk about it you know keep it keep it under wraps yeah having you two there and visible and open and loved and celebrated yeah. for you know who you are has been so important for my kids yeah. because you know when they were younger you know they they would ask questions and it'd be like you mean David and Josh are you know they love each other like you and mommy love each other and and that prompted that conversation yeah. and say yes that's absolutely and you know are they married well no they're not married yet but they might get married someday yeah. you know so these conversations I, I love, have been had I love how many times the kids have asked so when are you two getting married <laughs> yeah are you getting married who's going to ask who to get married <laughs> it's like well Josh is going to well, ask David. Well, big fucking elbow in Josh's ribs. Exactly. <laughs> Josh is going to ask David any minute. <laughs> any time. He's got the ring. Like, any minute. Like, whenever you fucking feel like it. <laughs> <clears throat> but We're two, in a standoff. <laughs> but you two have been super important. Thank you. In, well, thank you. Because no, 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 no. Thank you. <laughs> oh, no. On this, on this occasion, I incest. <laughs> Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I wanted to circle it's back. Mom. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I wanted to circle back to masturbation. <laughs> go ahead, get it out. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I wonder... What a seamless segue. <laughs> I uh, wanted to circle back to uh, masturbation. <laughs> because it was it, it, something, it was a word that we mentioned earlier in the podcast, and we haven't really uh, had a natural chance to come back to it. But sure. it is something I wanted to cover because 
I feel like it's a very important aspect of sex positivity is understanding that um, you know not just sex with other people is healthy and normal and and great and yeah. acceptable and part of being a human mm. being, but masturbation also is super healthy. Yes, and should be done regularly. <laughs> yes, for one's physical as well as emotional health. Yeah, um, it, it reduces your. Uh, in for people, men in, yeah with for people with prostates it reduces your risks of prostate cancer. cancer yes yes yeah absolutely so rub one out play with that doodle <laughs> <laughs> but not just that i like, love that expression actually before before we dive too deep into it what are some <laughs> of your favorite expressions for masturbation because i love rub one out is just so funny to oh me. god there have been so many Burp i feel, like, worm is I a feel good one. like some of them definitely apply more to women than men though like sure. do, like double clicking the mouse <laughs> um floggy log is a very common one floggy log yeah yes, that's that's, a, that's a very old one burp the worm excuse me burping the worm burping the worm <laughs> That's not what I've heard before. I heard that in... I think it was in um, one of the Grand Theft Auto games. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, spank the monkey. Spank the monkey, yes. Very old one. Yep. Uh, Jog the log. Sorry? Jog the log. Jog the log. Yes. Well, that's not what I've heard before. Um, I can't think of any others right off the top of my head. Listeners, if... <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. Comment, please. Comment with all of your masturbation euphemisms. Please, <laughs> God. Send us emails. Yes. <laughs> with your favorite terms for masturbation. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, Back to what you were saying. But yes, it's another thing that, uh, well, I suppose just as a, as a corollary to the conversation that we were having before about the kids, it's especially because. Um, you know, Benji is getting into an age where he's going to start entering his preteens. Yep. This kind of thing will naturally come. It's going to. St- <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay, God. I'm talking about my child. I got to watch the. Yeah. You're anyway, gonna, you're going to find some real crispy socks. Oh, David. <laughs> I'll, I'll edit that out. <laughs> um, it's it, but it, but it is one it's of the that things. Nice clean snap to it. Oh. It. Oh. <laughs> It is one of the things that I want to make sure um, that they understand is healthy and normal and positive, and they should do it not just to, not just because it's physically healthy, but also so they can learn their About own their bodies, bodies, what they what makes what they them like and don't like. Yes, and and then you know how to communicate that when the time comes with another yes. person. Yes. Yeah, and you know I I, it, I guess calling back to one of the things that we talked about well earlier in this podcast is also the shame that was put on us yeah. at our age about that was something that you don't do or if you do you know you're you yeah. should feel ashamed of it it you yeah. know like i'm reminded of and you will you because you're coming to tassie for mom's birthday um you're gonna meet leon and leon is so fun he's okay. just such a lovely fun the whole family lizzie jan vicky warwick they're all just such wonderful we met them through um the brass band through launceston railway silver band that we were members of sure um and leon (laughs) makes reference to the joke that if you masturbate too much you'll go blind yeah he's like why do you think i wear glasses (laughs) (laughs) what does that say about me that i'm 
when we're talking about masturbation that I'm thinking of Leon. That's like the old joke, though. A bit of a wanker. That's it's right. the, the dad when the dad is explaining to his son, you know, son, if you masturbate too much, you'll go blind. And the yeah. son says, "Dad, I'm over here." <laughs> oh, 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 please tell Leon that. That's fantastic. <laughs> That's so good. Um, but I still remember burnt into my brain <clears throat> the one and only time Mum acknowledged, addressed masturbation okay. for me. And it wasn't shameful, but I could tell she wasn't comfortable. Okay. Because she made a passing comment in a like a silly childish voice of, well, I know you must be like experimenting with your wanking. Oh God. And that was, oh, that, oh, I know, talk, oh. like my penis was like a snail's oh. eye. It just... <laughs> <laughs> and a part of me died that day. <laughs> exactly. I had a second belly button for a moment there. Oh God. Um, it was, which some people have outies and that's perfectly fine. <laughs> Good for you. Your doctor fucked it up. Um, oh. I'm, I'm kidding. All belly buttons are valid. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was the one and only time. But it is burnt into my brain a 30 something year old man and i can still hear the tone of her voice her discomfort in acknowledging wait, it wait 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 yes okay no, okay no, no sorry no, no, no. i i've misunderstood because you said a 30 something year and i thought no, you me meant now. she said that to you when no. you were a 30 something year old man oh my god no no <laughs> me as i am now a 30 something year old man yes still remembers that day in my teens when in that childish voice she said well i know you must be like experimenting with your wanking oh and, God. and i oh. was just like the earth can swallow me whole oh. right now i never need to see another human being again well because i absolutely was and i was just horrified at the thought of what how does she not like how does she know like has she found a ball of tissues has she been like wow he's been in the bathroom a while like what like what was it because i couldn't tie it to any specific thing to go well i just won't do that anymore or i'll be more yeah but all it did was made me more secretive about it yeah yeah oh I recall. I remember. I can't remember how old I was. I was definitely in my mid-teens, probably 15, 16. Mm -hmm. And I was in my bedroom. Jogging the log. Jogging the log. And I heard my mother come up the stairs. Mm -hmm. It sounded like she was coming toward my room. And so I quickly pulled the sheet up over myself. It was summer. So all I had was the sheet on the bed. Mm-hmm. And she opens the door and comes in and there I am lying in bed with just the sheet over me. And it's evident. <laughs> it was a tent. It's, it's evident that, that I'm not relaxed. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I don't remember for the life of me why she came into the room at that moment. I dare say she probably forgot as well. <laughs> but she came in and she Must you say- sat down on the edge of the bed. No, she did not. Yeah, she did. Fuck off. And she went, so what you doing? 
Well, Patty. Um... <laughs> oh God, I hope she never listens to this. Actually, I hope she does listen to this, and I hope she, I hope she knows how fucking mortified I was in that moment. I feel like when we have our Hawaii episode later in the year, um, this is going to come up. This must you use that word? I mean, I feel props like to pretty... you for being able to maintain an erection around your mother. That's, <laughs> that's lovely. Aww. Aww. Proud of you, boy. That's... Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I was 15. It was all I could do to not have an erection. <laughs> I mean, I hear you. Absolutely. My favorite tell, actually, and this just comes from being a closeted homosexual. So, like, when I was, like, 14, 15 years old, I remember the guys in my class... Because we're all going through the same thing. We're all just like cracking boners constantly. As you do. As one does. Like, and you're at school, you can't do anything about it other than be mortified that it's happening and just waiting for it to go down. Tuck it up into your belt and try to cover it in your shirt. I mean, yes, absolutely that. I was fortunate to be a teenager in the 90s when baggy clothing was the thing. God, yeah, well, our school uniform was not quite so accommodating. But you could always tell who had a boner. Because they would go from like sitting at the desk doing that and then they would do that <laughs> sort of, given that it's an audio platform. Yes, that we're this, on. Is, this is a podcast. This is, <laughs> thank you. It was a very good demonstration. Um, they kind of do, go into a semi-stand. That's an awful way to put it. They go... <laughs> there, was, there was nothing semi about it. <laughs> they sort of half-stand above their chair and pull their shorts just kind of straight across their lap a little bit to try and kind of subtly adjust. Tuck it down. Absolutely. <laughs> it's... it's just, it was just so fun. <laughs> you know, in like in hindsight, you're going, that was our biggest concern at that particular moment. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, to be like, perfectly honest, even now, if mm. you had an uncontrollable erection in a social environment, you would feel self-conscious about it. But it just doesn't happen as an adult. <laughs> well, exactly. One has a little more control. One has a little more context that kind of works against. You're just less aroused for no reason when you're certainly when you're our age. Yeah, yeah. That's very nice of you to age yourself down in such a way. When you're, you know, when you're our <laughs> oh, age. Sorry, when you're my age, and then at, at a at a younger level, your age. Thank you. I just felt like being a bit. Penises. Penises. Masturbation. Or in Latin, peni. Peni. I don't think that's Latin at all. Uh, it is probably not. No. Did you ever in high school join the Pen15 Club? <laughs> Was that a thing in America? So, the Pen15 Club is not something that... Well, I wouldn't even say it's a club. The Pen15... Movement? Whatever you want to call it. I experienced for the first time when I was in the Marines, and I was a I was a, a young PFC, <laughs> I think. So, I and... want to laugh at this. <laughs> the first time I experienced the Pen Fifteen <laughs> was in the Marines. <laughs> wow. So I was uh... top bunk or bottom bunk. <laughs> I was always top bunk. Um, that, that tracks. <laughs> 
But I was a young PFC. I was, I, I think I was at MP school. I can't remember exactly. No, I, all these abbreviations. What's I can't remember where I was. All I remember is being in a room with these other, these other two guys who outranked me. And they, they made me go, there was a chalkboard in the room and they were like, oh, can you go up to the chalkboard and just write up there that we need more pen 15 forms. And I was like, okay. So I, I went up there and I wrote, need more pen 15 forms. And then they start chuckling. And I'm like, and it took me a minute. I was like, what the fuck are you? And then I was like, because uh, I had written pen 15, like as two separate as you would if you're yes. writing it without context. Yes. And yes, yeah, so it took me a minute, but I got it. Anyway, that that was so. Evidently, took you a minute, but you got it. You took you a minute, but it got you got the pen fifteen. I got the pen fifteen in the end. Yes. <laughs> was that intentional? You're welcome. <laughs> Very good. Uh, <laughs> dear me. So in my high school, it was like, are you a member of the pen fifteen club? And so to be a member of the Pen 15 Club, somebody who was in the Pen 15 Club would write Pen 15 on your hand. Oh. And that was it. That was the entire experience. But it was just like really funny that it looked like penis. You mean something entirely juvenile was funny to a bunch of teenagers? I know, right? Crazy. I don't believe it. I don't know why this comes to mind, but one of my friend group, who shall remain nameless because they very may well listen to this... Hi, whoever you are. But Jono was... uh, (laughs) Jono had a cold one day. It was in year 9 or 10. We were in socioeconomics with Mrs. Greg. And (laughs) he had a cold. And he sneezed. And this has got nothing to do with masturbation, pen 15, or anything like this. This is just talking of high school. This just came back to mind. That's the context. Okay. He sneezed. And like Spider-Man's web... From his nose, connected to like every square inch of the table, corner to corner to corner to corner, still attached to his nose. You just heard him go, (laughs) and we've all looked over and gone, Oh, (laughs) it's like, Oh, wow. (laughs) This is Greg was like, "Uh, Do you need a tissue? (laughs) Like, just. Not prepared for this amount of snot. No, I need the janitor. <laughs> yes, exactly. Also, if the earth could swallow me up right now, that would be great. Um, when I was in MP school, one of the things we had to do was... What is MP? MP. M- what is MP? Military police. Thank you. Yes. So All after, these abbreviations. Yeah, sorry. So after basic training, yep. you go to uh, combat training. You mm-hmm. learn how to be a basic infantryman. Mm-hmm. And then you go to whatever basic. your occupational specialty is. Because okay. I was going to be an MP, I went to military police school. Right. And as a part of that training, we had to get sprayed with pepper spray. Oh. Which was, to this day, the most excruciating pain I've ever been through in my life. Jeez. Because they don't just give you like a little... They coat your face in the stuff. Right. And then you have to run like an obstacle course and the whole thing. Fuck. It's, yeah. Torturous. Yes. Intentionally. Intentionally, yes. Yes. But I have never seen so much matter extruding from people's nostrils as during that. Because there was a whole class of us who probably... Yeah, and the body is just trying to flush whatever the contaminant is. So, like, the taps are open. There was so much snot just (laughs) everywhere. 
everywhere. And it was like, you couldn't be grossed out about it because it was all of us. We were all just oozing. <laughs> oh, this is snot where I thought this conversation would go. <laughs> Sorry, this story blows. <laughs> you know what, though? <laughs> I had nothing. <laughs> oh, I, thought, I thought you were going to carry it. No, on. I was just very chuffed with myself for that. <laughs> I feel like um, that will make it to the extras episode. <laughs> Maybe not. Before. Well, I feel like we've uh, I feel like we've covered a fair bit. That we're probably we're probably about at the end of the episode. I feel like yeah. I feel like we actually went in a very different direction to the last time we talked about sex positivity, which was, is not surprising. It was so long ago that I don't remember what we talked about the first. We time. had talked a bit about sex work. Last time as well. Yes, but I actually I would like us to do a separate episode on sex work and get some sex workers to to chat too. Yeah, yeah. An inopportune moment for me to eat a bit of chocolate. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> gotta get them calories in. I'm calorie loading because <laughs> it's delicious. Uh, yes, no, I, I I quite agree. I am looking forward to that episode. There, there are several episodes I'm looking forward to upcoming. Mm. I'm looking forward to talking about parenting. Yeah, the therapy episode. The is therapy episode well, is going to be, be really good. wonderful. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm just so happy with and proud of what we're doing here. Mm. You know, and it's not a, it's not about the notoriety or the, or, or any of that. You know it. It's about having these conversations, being visible with these conversations and just putting them out there. As like the the I, I will read the comment that we received on our first episode that oh, yeah. I, that was just so It was encouraging. It was really encouraging. Um, the comment read So much in this podcast that made me reflect on personal experiences and emotions that hadn't that I hadn't explored in the way you both articulate your experiences. So important and helpful. Loved it. That's what I hope the impact is mm. that that's what I hope we are helping I, I, I just hope that we're helping people yeah in in some way or just giving them an hour to hang out with two idiots and just chill yeah which I suppose is probably more like my genuine hope for the podcast is that someone somewhere uh, will laugh so much that they fart at the same time <laughs> such a specific if you <laughs> if that person is you if you can help Rob fulfill this dream if you have laughed as a result of this podcast so much that you farted please write us you shall remain anonymous unless you would like to be named I will not name you if you don't want to be named but yes but that would clearly tick the Just, box for Rob it would tick my box Graphic. Take that how you will. <laughs> Absolutely. Look, um, it's all shits and giggles until someone giggles and shit. <laughs> I, what a gamut. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I feel like we have somewhat captured our, our kind of current standpoint on sex positivity. I feel like though, like anything, it continues to evolve. It is Absolutely. something that we, we will inevitably run into challenges and and things that uh don't necessarily initially sit right with us but i i feel like 
for me, if I speak for myself, kind of my commitment to being sex positive is that, as I mentioned before, that when I am uncomfortable, I will examine why I'm uncomfortable rather than putting that on the other person. Yeah, and 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 I I also because <clears throat> you mentioned that earlier in the podcast as well, and it's I did yeah thank you for listening. <laughs> it's something I want to echo more specifically as a cishet male, as a white cishet male, because there are the world the world is changing, and I because of the community that I'm surrounded by, I find myself often faced head on with things that are new, potentially uncomfortable, mm. things that challenge my lived experience, mm. things that challenge my notion of, you know, what you might call normality. And I am, I have learned and, and am continuing to learn to be comfortable in the discomfort of that mm. because it's important it's yeah, important for it it's important for me to feel that discomfort it's important for me to acknowledge that i'm uncomfortable yes um and, and you know as you said you know when i feel uncomfortable do i push that back at the other person and go you've made me uncomfortable you need to stop that no i need to examine why i feel uncomfortable yeah and then question what it is that sort of got me here that makes me feel that discomfort yeah. about someone else's reality, someone else's mm. existence, someone else's feelings, whatever the case may be. Mm. Um, and it's difficult at times, but it's a worthwhile exercise. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> listeners, correct me if I am wrong in who I am quoting here, but I believe it was Carl Jung that spoke to when somebody makes us uncomfortable, it is because they reflect back to us a part of ourselves that we struggle with. And I, I, that is just has been for me such a helpful perspective of when I meet somebody or if somebody is rubbing me the wrong way or... Remain the right way. At, well, I mean... Tends, it. tends to not be uncomfortable when that happens. <laughs> but if somebody gets on my nerves or if I don't like somebody for whatever reason it's been such a helpful perspective to receive that with Mm. and to kind of go what are they reflecting back to me of myself what part of myself are they reflecting back that I'm like oh I don't like that I didn't mean to whisper that I was (laughs) trying not to burp um Anyway, I, I don't wish to start another tangent, but it it speaks to what you were just saying. Yeah. Um, and yes, correct me if uh, if you know me to be wrong there. I think it was Carl Jung, but it may have been... Correct us if Carl Jung is really angry about this. <laughs> Carl, if you're listening, send, a, <laughs> send, send us an email. <laughs> send us an email. I didn't fucking say that, you dumbasses. <laughs> At gmail.com. Uh, but... Uh, if you would like to, to send us feedback, questions, uh, perspectives that you feel like maybe we didn't touch on. We'll only listen to it if it's positive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, please do uh, reach out to us at hehimpodcast at gmail.com 
or via the DMs on Instagram. Yeah, like, follow us on Instagram because we're we're sexy, and Instagram is for sexy people. I mean, and I think our aesthetic is just beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> biased. That's also at he him podcast. Um, but thank you for for being with us. Thank you for listening, uh, and thank you for being here. Thank you indeed. Yeah. And we'll see you next time. We will. <laughs> A David Butler Studio podcast. <laughs> <laughs>